You're listening to Sea Air with Suleiman Ocheni. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I hope you had a lovely weekend as I did. Anyway, moving on to the advice portion of this advice podcast. My first question. My best friend is an anti-vaxxer, not only COVID, but all vaccines. His wife is too. They have a nine-month-old baby and they haven't vaccinated him. I babysit for them every other weekend. So should I take the baby to get his shots without telling them? See, under no circumstances should you carry this child to try and get them vaccinated. I'm not even sure that you can do that. I would imagine that you need the child's documents like their birth certificate and things like that. So I don't know that you can just turn up at the hospital with a random baby and say you want to vaccinate it. I think you would need to prove that the child is yours in order to vaccinate. And even if you can get it done without having to prove parentage, this is a horrible idea. I agree with you. Your friend is an idiot and so is his wife. I am not disputing that. They should really be vaccinating their child. However, taking a child that isn't yours and going to have medical procedures performed on that child without the parent's consent... Not only is that lunacy, I also think it is illegal. So you could get arrested potentially. I mean, I would be livid if I found out that someone took my child and went to have medical procedures performed on my child. Medical procedures that I am against. I am not sure that I wouldn't be moved to violence in such a situation. Also, immunization is not the kind of thing that you go for once or twice and it's done. I don't know whether things have changed, but when my niece was born, like four years ago, we had to take her back several times over the course of a year or a little over a year to get all the immunizations that she needed. So what then happens if you get this child started on their vaccine regimen and then you don't have access to the child during the period when they need to get their next vaccine? You could be putting this child in jeopardy. This is overstepping on a grand scale. I know you don't agree with this and you think this child is being put at risk and that sucks. But at the end of the day, you are not this child's parent. You cannot make these decisions for this child. Do not, I repeat, do not sneak off with this child and get him immunized. And another thing, it's rare, but some children have adverse reactions to vaccines. So this child could have a reaction. There's just so many ways this could end wrong for you. So I just wouldn't do it. Now, depending on where you live, there are other things you can do to try and get this child immunized. For example, in Nigeria, immunization is mandatory. It is compulsory for every parent to immunize their child in Nigeria. So if you are that bothered and you live in Nigeria or a country like Nigeria where it is illegal to not immunize your child, I would report my best friend to the authorities because not only are they breaking the law, they are putting their child's life at risk. In this case, would they be subject to a lot of legal hassle? Yes. But if you care so much about this child that you want to essentially kidnap him and get him immunized in secret, then that shouldn't bother you. And let me just say this. Parents who do not immunize their children, I think, are very selfish and or stupid. And I'm glad countries like Nigeria have made it mandatory to immunize children. I mean, there are still people who do not immunize their children, but at least those laws are on the books. Because what happens when people don't immunize their children? Their children develop these horrible and preventable diseases, and these people will refuse to take care of these children either because they are not capable of doing so or because of the social stigma attached to having such a child. So they just throw them out onto the street. Then these children become the state's responsibility. So the government is like, no, you are not going to refuse to immunize your children. Then leave those children for the government to deal with. That's why the government put that policy into place. However, there are some countries like the United States of America where it is not mandatory that you vaccinate your child. I believe it's mandatory if you want your child to go you know, to public school with other children. But if you decide to homeschool your child, you can decide not to vaccinate in America. So if you're in America or a country like it, there's nothing you can do. And that's just the way the world works sometimes. People are going to do crazy things. 
things that make no sense and there's nothing you can do to stop them. Finally, I would advise you to sit your friend down. I would imagine you've already done this, but sit your friend down one more time and explain calmly why it is important to have his son immunized. Failing that, I would cut all contact with this friend because I don't care if you're my best friend or not. The fact that you would do something like this betrays a level of either stupidity or selfishness and that is something personally that I cannot tolerate. So yeah, do not sneak this baby off to vaccinate him. That is the parent's decision to make. I know you do not agree with the decision, but there's nothing you can do about it. Moving on, my 12-year-old son has been watching Extraordinary Attorney Wu on Netflix. Twice, I have walked into the room while he is watching it and noticed that he is tearing up. He's normally a happy kid. Do you think I should be concerned? <sighs> my spirit is paining me just reading this question. Your child was watching an emotional show and he cried as a result of it and you are asking whether you should be concerned? Listen, let's drop the coded language. In your question, you're asking whether you should be concerned, whereas you mean, should you be concerned that he is gay? This is something I always talk about, the way society polices men and boys. Honestly, the mind boggles. I don't know what it is that makes people look at men and say men shouldn't cry. Crying is not a masculine or feminine thing. It is not even a straight or gay thing. It is a human thing. Human beings have emotions and every human being has a right to express those emotions. John Green said that pain demands to be felt. And I want to alter that a little bit and say emotions demand to be felt. You will feel them whether you like it or not. As human beings, if you do not address your emotions, your emotions will address you later on down the line. I always say women should be very cautious of long-term partners who have never expressed any emotion outside anger and extreme joy. And I say extreme joy because men get attacked for expressing even regular joy. The thing about emotions is that if you do not address them, they don't just disappear. They sit there in your soul and one day, and it is usually an inconvenient time, those emotions will burst forth and create a lot of problems. Now, coming back to your son, for God's sake, this boy is 12 years old. Leave him alone. Allow him to show his feelings. In fact, you should be happy that your son has not swallowed the societal indoctrination that encourages men to push everything down. Because one of the problems with men that I have found is that men generally are not able to regulate their emotions and that is because they don't even allow themselves to feel those emotions in the first place. Not to even talk about regulating them. And the fact that your son is exhibiting this kind of behavior, that likely points to a version of himself in the future who is well adjusted. You know, the kind of person who can receive stimuli, experience it and then move on. He won't grow up to be the kind of person to dwell on things. Actually, I just went back and read your question again and you didn't say that he even cried. You said he was tearing up. Come on. This is not something to be worried about. You also said that he is generally a happy kid. So? So because he is generally a happy person, if he's experiencing something that is sad, his normal disposition should override what is happening in the moment. I have actually watched the show you're talking about, Extraordinary Attorney Wu, and it actually is a pretty emotional show. So the fact that he teared up while watching the show, I don't think is anything out of the ordinary. And also, even if he is gay, so? I know I may get into trouble for saying this, but being gay isn't something that any parent wants for their child. And I don't say that to mean being gay is wrong. I mean, if your child is gay, that means they'll just have a more difficult life generally because most societies around the world do not treat gay people with respect you know with common human decency so they are going to move through their entire lives probably having to deal with nonsense that straight people don't have to deal with but at the end of the day even if your child is gay and his life will be a little more difficult that says nothing about your child what it is is an indictment on the outside world so in essence what i am saying is leave your son alone there is nothing wrong with him here is my next question 
why can't I seem to get in and stay in a relationship? I'm a 31-year-old guy and I have never been in anything resembling a long-term relationship. All my friends have been in at least two at this point, but here I am, forever single. I feel like I'm missing out on a key developmental stage of life. Am I overreacting? And if not, is there anything I can do to make myself more appealing to potential love interests? So to answer your question, let me ask you one of my own. Are you sure you want to be in a relationship? I ask this question because I have noticed a lot of people who say they want to be in long-term relationships never find themselves in these relationships. And when I look into their lives and how they behave in relationships, I can kind of see that deep down they really don't want to be in relationships. Sometimes even they don't know it themselves because they have been convinced by the culture that that is something they should want. And deep down, they don't. So they sabotage every relationship that they are in and then blame circumstance for the fact that they are not in a relationship. I would ask you to sit down and ask yourself whether you you are ready for a relationship and when i say that i mean ask yourself are you ready for the things that actually go into being in a relationship ask yourself whether you are ready to take somebody else into consideration in everything you do are you ready to consult someone when you want to quit your job are you ready to consult someone if you want to move are you ready to consult someone on what to have for dinner are you ready to consult someone when you want to buy a new car are you ready to be there for someone when they need you emotionally are you ready to practically lose 50% of your privacy? Are you ready to deal with and introduce into your life your partner's friends and family who may not necessarily like you and who you may not necessarily like? Are you ready to swallow your feelings and play nice with these people? Are you ready to truly love someone despite their flaws? These are all things you will have to do in a relationship. A lot of the time, when people think of relationships, they look at the happy aspects. They fail to consider the stresses that come with being in a relationship. What I'm saying is, maybe you are aware of these stresses in the back of your mind, and they are scaring you to the point where you ruin relationships before they have a chance to get off the ground. That can be one thing. Another thing, you know, there are people who aren't built for relationships. I know that sounds contrary to what we have been raised to believe, that everybody will find their partner, that if you try hard enough, you will find someone to settle down with. And that is just not true for some people. The truth is some people don't end up finding partners. Some of these people actually do want partners, but they never do find them. Meanwhile, some people don't actually want partners. They just want to be single perpetually. Some people are just not built for relationships. All the things I mentioned earlier, some people are just not wired to offer those things to another person. Or they just don't want to. Or they have no interest in having someone else in their lives. You could be one of those people. Again, this calls for introspection. Ask yourself whether you are one of these people who doesn't want a relationship because that is very possible. Now, if you have sat down with yourself and have thought about it long enough and you decide that you are ready for a relationship and actually do want one, however, you haven't been able to find your way into one, then here's what you should do. First of all, stop comparing yourself to your friends. You know, they say comparison is the thief of joy, so stop stealing your joy. Next, you are right in a way that you are missing out on some developmental milestones because relationships, romantic relationships, teach us a lot about other people and ourselves. So if you haven't been in a long-term relationship before, there are some things that your friends know about human interaction and life that you cannot know. Some things in life, you have to experience them to learn. No one can tell you about them. But the beauty about this is that it really doesn't matter when you learn these lessons, just that you learn them. Some people learn these lessons at 15, some people learn them at 25, and some people learn them at 35. So you should not allow the fact that you're 31 make you feel any type of way about it. I have found that when it comes to these lessons, we tend to learn them when we need to learn them. So you asked, what should you do to make yourself a more appealing potential love interest for someone? And the answer is simple. Self-development. It's simple, but it's not easy. Instead of thinking, what can I do to make myself a good partner today? 
Ask yourself, what can I do to make myself a good partner in two years? Go to therapy if you can afford it. Identify your values. Identify what it is you're looking for in a partner and see whether you can also offer those things to a partner as in what do you bring to the table? Learn domestic skills if you don't already have them. That is, learn to cook, learn to clean, learn basic house maintenance stuff. Make yourself more worldly. Read, talk to people, travel if you can. Just experience the world. Become a better rounded human being. So when that person who is meant for you comes into your life, there will be so many facets to your personality and character that will keep them interested in you long term. Because looks can only take you so far. It is the content of your character that will make someone stay. So good luck with everything. Just be patient with yourself and I think everything will work out in your favor. Moving on to my next question. I recently learned that my fiancé's previous marriage was very happy and they only got divorced because their teenage daughter suggested it. She apparently wanted to experience a broken home and thought it could help all three of them to grow. I have talked individually with my fiancé, his wife and their daughter and all three say the same thing, that the marriage was wonderful and the daughter suggested divorce as a way to help them grow and learn. This daughter has always been wonderful to me and is supposed to be a bridesmaid in our wedding. Now I'm wondering whether I should step aside and let my fiancé and his ex possibly reunite. His ex told me that she's happy being single, but I have to wonder. The other obvious question is, if we get married, what happens if my stepdaughter then decides we should get divorced like she did with her parents? Would I be crazy to go ahead and marry him? I know this sounds crazy, but I actually find it encouraging that his previous marriage was so good. And I kind of admire them for taking such a drastic step just for the experience and growth. Wait, let me see if I understand you. Your fiancé's daughter suggested to her parents while they were married, while they were happily married, that they should get divorced just for the plots. And they did it. If I am not misunderstanding, run. My sister, run like the wind and never look back. Because these people are insane. And quite frankly, I'm suspecting you as well because you say, and I quote, I actually find it encouraging that his previous marriage was so good and I kind of admire them for taking such a drastic step just for the experience and growth, end quote. So you mean to tell me that some part of this makes sense to you? You know, I do not understand people like your fiancé, his ex-wife and his daughter. Life is stressful enough. As in, you'll be minding your business and life will just come and give you bus boost. So I don't know why people go out seeking conflict, seeking stress. It makes absolutely no sense to me. First of all, the daughter is mad. How do you suggest to your parents that they get divorced as a growth opportunity for you? And even stupider, how does your daughter come to you and say, even though your marriage is good, please, can you get divorced so that I can have some conflict in my life? And then you too, you will say, okay. Why would you induce such trauma on yourself? Actually, I take that back because it wouldn't be traumatic. Because if it was a mutually agreed upon decision between the three of them, then it's not the kind of thing that would have the desired effect. So what this means is that these people, apart from being irrational, are also idiots. Because they just upended their lives for nothing. I would be very reluctant to step foot into this nonsense. Because if nothing was wrong between the man and his ex-wife, somewhere down the line, they may decide to rekindle their relationship. They may decide to pick things up where they left off. And then where does that leave you? Because we hear all the time about people getting back together with their exes when they had explosive breakups. So if that can happen when people hate each other, what do you think will happen when it is two people who still have affection for each other? You are right to be worried about the control his daughter has over her father as it relates to his romantic life. What happens when three years down the line she decides she does not like having a stepmother and wants her parents to get back together? Will he also drop you then and run back to his ex-wife just because she said so? This is ridiculous from whichever angle I choose to look at it. Like I said, pack your things and go. However, if you decide that this is the man for you and you are not going to do as I have suggested and run for the hills, here's what I suggest you should do. 
I would pull my fiancé aside and ask him whether his daughter has the same influence over him now that she did when he was married to his ex-wife. Listen carefully to what he has to say. And only if you believe him, then you can go ahead with the marriage. Otherwise, you know what I think you should do. I would also pull the daughter aside and ask her, have you achieved the growth you hoped to achieve by your parents getting divorced? I would ask her whether she feels like sometime in the future she might want to ask her father to break up with me too. Of course, nobody knows the future, so she can't know how she will feel in the future. But you should have your finger on that pulse to see where she's at, you know, mentally. I would also speak to the ex-wife and see whether I think she's the kind of person who might want to get her man back after a few years. These are all very complicated conversations to have, which is why I said I would leave this whole situation alone. But if you insist on it, these are the things I would do. They are not foolproof, but do your due diligence. That is all the advice I have for this episode. So I'm going to move on to my fact of the day. Did you know that high-heeled shoes were originally created for men? Yeah, that's true. High-heeled shoes were created to help men in the olden days ride horses better, you know, to help position their feet in the stirrups while riding. I like this fact because it shows how society and culture changes with time. Because if you see a man wearing high-heeled shoes today, for most people, that would be strange. Because now they are known to be worn by women. However, high-heeled shoes were originally made for men. This just goes to show you how strong cultural norms are. And another example of this is the whole blue is for boys, pink is for girls thing. Because a century ago, those were flipped. Pink was considered a loud, garish color that was supposed to be emblematic of what it meant to be a boy, while blue was considered to be a cool, calm, demure, and docile color for girls. This started to change when in the 1950s, America's then first lady, Mamie Eisenhower, popularized the color pink simply because she liked it. So the trend started from there. And then there was a song called Think Pink in a popular 1957 movie called Funny Face, which propelled this idea even further. And then it took hold in pop culture in the 1980s when ultrasounds became more popular and couples could check whether they were going to have a boy or a girl before delivery. So marketers decided to start heavily promoting pink baby clothes for parents expecting daughters and blue baby clothes for parents expecting boys. That was when the line between pink and blue for boys and girls respectively solidified into what we now know. Moving on to my week in pop culture, a Nigerian man has taken to social media to praise his wife for marrying him when he had nothing. According to Sam Odeg, his wife married him even when he had nothing after their wedding. In a Facebook post on Tuesday, October the 3rd, 2023, he said, quote, I married you when I had nothing, not even a foam to sleep on until five days after our wedding, end quote. Hmm. Hmm. See it. Because it worked for this man and his wife does not mean it's going to work out for you. There is a reason this story made the news. If this was ordinary, it wouldn't have made the news. But because it is extraordinary, here I am talking about it. Don't try what these people try do. Don't do it. How can you not have a mattress to sleep on and you are even considering getting married? I swear people's priorities are different. Instead of you to be gathering assets, you are gathering liabilities. Because for a lot of people, marriage is a financial liability. Whether you are a man or a woman. Especially if you are a man, because although I do not believe that it is the man that is supposed to be 100% responsible for the home financially, we live in a world where that is usually how things break down. So as a man, you don't have anything and you now want to go and get married. Like my mind is blown because not even a mattress, like a mattress, you don't have where to sleep and you want to get married. This is why I say some people's priorities are different because that marriage that they got married, it looked like they spent some money on it. You know, from the picture I am seeing online, they spent money on the wedding. So instead of doing that wedding, right? Why didn't they go and buy a mattress and a few other necessary items for their home with the wedding money and then go to the court and get married there? You know, do a simple cheap wedding. 
I don't know if I'm making sense. Money is one of the reasons why most marriages fall apart, according to statistics, because money struggles will touch every aspect of your life. I'm not saying you need to be rich to get married, but if your basic needs are not catered for, you have no business getting married. Instead, you should focus on getting what you need as a human being to survive before you talk about marriage. These are the kinds of people who would also want to go and jump into parenting when they don't have money for that one either. Not understanding that it is a different kind of worms. Because if you and your wife are hungry in the house, that is one thing. But when you have children and keep them in the house hungry, or you are not able to clothe them, or pay school fees, or pay hospital bills, that is when things get really real. I see this kind of mindset a lot and it irks me because money is very important too. I know a lot of the time we like to pretend that it isn't everything, but it is. There's a reason they say money makes the world go round. You can imagine me, who is not married, who does not have children. Somebody came to ask me for money because his wife went into labor. See, your wife got pregnant at least nine months ago, so you knew this was going to happen. It was not a surprise. Why did you not prepare for it? And if you knew nine months was not enough for you to get your life into order, why even get your wife pregnant in the first place? Because it's not that I don't want to be married and have children at the moment. I just know that I am not ready for it. So I have not done it. So why would I allow someone who jumped the gun before they were ready come and destabilize my life? Like I said when I first started commenting on this story, it happens to be working out for these people, but don't look at their story and think that the same will apply for you. Moving on to my next story, prominent Ugandan politician, Honorable Evelyn Anite, has opened up on why she took back an ambulance she donated to her district after losing an election in 2021. On October 3rd, 2023, the African Facts Zone, in a post via X, formerly known as Twitter, recalls how Honorable Anite took back the ambulance she donated to her district after she lost an election. Responding to the post, Anite, now the Ugandan State Minister of Finance for Investment and Privatization, confirmed she retrieved the ambulance and is unapologetic. The minister said she refused to walk away empty-handed after the same people she donated the ambulance to didn't vote for her. She even said that she is so shameless to the extent that she sold the ambulance and collected her money back. So, basically, this ambulance was a bribe. That's what she is saying. She gave them the ambulance so that they would vote for her, but they didn't, so she took her thing back. If you ask me, there's nothing different between this and handing out cash for votes. Are you seeing the kind of politicians we have in Africa? Not only did she agree publicly that it was a bribe, she even added on top and said that she does not regret it. And what shocks me is that this woman is now a minister in the country. After all that, so how can the people of Uganda trust that she got into that office legitimately? Because we have all seen now that she is corrupt. Back in 2021, her corruption did not work. But we now know that it is in her body. Actually, I'm quite surprised that her would-be constituents actually agreed to give the ambulance back because this would never happen in Nigeria. Or I should say it would never happen in certain communities in Nigeria because people would fight. And if it was a gift as a charitable donation, is it even legal to take it back? Well, I am not a lawyer in Uganda, so I wouldn't know, but all this is just so petty. It's so unbecoming of a leader. If I were her, even if I wanted to take it back, I wouldn't have gone through with it because it just looks so childish. Like, I gave you one of my sweets yesterday, so because you didn't give me one of yours today, please return the one that I gave you yesterday. It's not a good look. At the end of the day, she got a ministerial appointment, so I guess she came out on top. I swear, politicians are the same everywhere. Moving on to my next story, it is quite similar to the previous one. A Nigerian TikTok influencer by the name of Amara Doris has taken to social media to call out her former lover for retrieving the shop he built for her when they were still dating. According to Doris, because she broke up with her boyfriend, Veen, he decided to take back the business he set up for her in Lagos. She uploaded a video which showed when a truck was carrying the container shop from its usual location. Doris was left in utter disbelief following Veen's actions, and she asked whether it was justified for him to reclaim the shop he had initially built for her. 
See, here, when I talk about this, people will be looking at me like I am crazy. I don't believe that when you are dating someone, you should give them elaborate gifts. And when I say elaborate gifts, I mean elaborate for you. For one person, the cost of a brand new luxury car might be chicken change, but for other people, it might be a lot. What I am saying is that if it is expensive for you, don't gift it to your romantic partner. Equally, if you are dating someone, don't accept or expect expensive gifts just to avoid nonsense. Because when people are in the midst of heartbreak, they start to act out. I'm not saying that this Vin guy is not vindictive. I'm just saying that a lot of the time when people are hurt, they act out in ways that are out of their character. Maybe that is why he did this. Also, why I say people should not accept elaborate gifts from boyfriends and girlfriends is because you don't want to put yourself in a situation where someone has bought you something expensive. And if later you want to leave, you will be reluctant to because you feel like they have done a lot for you. But this girl actually got past that. Even though he constructed this shop for her, she still left him and he retaliated by collecting his shop back. I am sure he's feeling like, was this girl with me because of what I could do for her? And I say that because this is a thought I've had a few times after certain relationships have ended. You start to wonder whether they were with you for what you could do for them as opposed to being with you for who you are. And I have to say that stuff hurts. I'm not saying that she was with him because of what he could do for her. But if he feels that way, then that explains why he did what he did. Personally, I wouldn't have done this because I feel like a gift once given is no longer yours. And this just goes to prove something I always say. Ladies, when men give you things, a lot of the time they expect something else in return. I'm guessing that when Vin was giving Amara this shop, he felt like he was ensuring the longevity of their relationship by doing so. So when she decided to end the relationship, he decided that he wanted his investment back. Well, there's a lot going on here. I don't know exactly what is going on in the minds of these people, but it's sad because it's always sad when a relationship ends, no matter the reason. Also, this is why everybody should have a prenup. I know a lot of people don't like the idea of a prenup because they feel like it means they are planning for the demise of their marriage. But this just goes to show you that people turn into the worst versions of themselves when a relationship ends. And you don't want to put yourself in a situation where somebody will be able to take advantage of you legally just because you did not protect yourself. So, like they say, a word is enough for the what? The wise. Now moving on to my final story, which is actually so embarrassing for Nigerians. It has been reported that the university degree that the Nigerian president, Bola Tinubu, submitted to the Independent National Electoral Commission, INEC, was forged. The senior special assistant to the president on media and publicity, Temitokpe Ajayi, who issued a statement regarding the controversy on Wednesday, the 4th of October 2023, said there is nowhere in the deposition made by the Chicago State University, CSU, that the institution admitted that the certificate presented to INEC by President Tinubu is fake. He argued further that the university affirmed under oath that Tinubu attended and graduated from the institution and that the school does not handle replacements for lost certificates. Actually, nobody is disputing that he went to the university for now. What is being alleged is that Tinubu forged the certificate that he presented to INEC. And personally, this is my opinion. I am not giving news right now. But I believe that the certificate has been forged because a former president of Chicago State University, Dr. Elnara Daniel, said she had concluded plans to take Tinubu to a U.S. criminal court for forgery. The former CSU president, according to some documents cited by Nigerian Concord newspaper, said it was the criminal act for the president of Nigeria to forge her signature on the certificate that he presented. So my question is, if the certificate wasn't forged, why is this woman taking him to court? Whatever document he submitted, it must be forged if the person who was said to have signed the document is claiming that she did not sign any such document. There are also reports that the certificate he submitted had a United States social security number on it. 
However, Tinubu is not an American citizen, so he does not have a social security number in the United States. So why is such a number on his certificate? Listen, whatever is going on here, this is a huge embarrassment for the country. And what is even more shocking is the fact that nothing is being done about it so far. I know that we don't have definitive proof of it right now as a public, as we haven't seen all the documents involved. But any serious country by now would have started an impeachment inquiry to figure out whether it is true or not. And if it is true, it is my opinion that Tinubu should be stripped of his presidency. Because as far as I know, submitting forged documents to our national electoral body, documents that allowed him to be cleared to run for president of the country and subsequently win, that is criminal behavior. You know, they say a fish rots from the head. And I feel like few other countries illustrate this point more than Nigeria. And I'm not talking about Tinubu specifically now. I'm talking about that seat, our presidency. The presidency at this point is so corrupt that the corruption there is seeping out into the rest of the country. It is something that needs to be addressed because I don't think Nigeria will stand for much longer if we keep going down this road. Shah, whatever happens, I hope they are able to resolve it quickly and resolve it peacefully and in a way that will propel Nigeria forward. Now it is time for In Case You Missed It, the segment where I play one of my hot takes that I posted somewhere on the internet over the past week or even earlier. Why? In case you missed it. See, eh, this thing called disrespect that a lot of us complain about, for most of us, we are the ones that invite it into our own lives. So, my name is Suleiman. So, guess what people call me? Suleiman. They don't call me James or Charles or Linus. Because if I'm walking down the street and I see someone that I know relatively well and they flag me down and call me, Hey, Linus. I'll say, come. Is your head correct? I would correct them or better yet, not even answer. So, explain to me why people constantly violate your boundaries and you just leave them. You don't address it. You don't say anything. You don't do anything. You just let it slide. For example, let's say that punctuality is really important to you and everybody in your life knows this about you. And you're supposed to go out on a date with your boyfriend or your girlfriend and you guys are supposed to meet for lunch at 1 p.m. But they showed up at 1.40. Biko, why are you still there to even know that they showed up at 1.40? After waiting 10 minutes and you didn't see them, you should have packed your ngongo and left. Because by sitting there and waiting for them, what you're communicating is that the things that are important to me don't need to be important to you. Therefore, you can treat me however the hell you want. However, if you had stood up and left, what you would have been communicating is that I am not willing to disrespect myself and make myself look like an idiot for you. People take their cues about how to treat you from how you treat yourself. So if you don't respect yourself, people will not respect you. This is the kind of reinforcement of boundaries that I like because you don't have to say anything. Your actions speak for themselves. And on the occasions when you have to say something, you don't need to scream and shout. Just a simple, hey, that thing you did just right now, I did not appreciate that. And moving forward, I will not be tolerating it. Thank you. Will do. I feel the need to say this because recently I've been hearing a lot of people, I am the boss. I am your senior. I am the head of this household. But do you act like it? If you find yourself constantly having to remind people of the position you hold in their life, then you do not hold that position. It's that simple. This week, if you haven't seen Handmaid's Tale, I am jealous of you. This show is so brilliant. It is based on Margaret Atwood's novel of the same name. Basically, this show is set in a dystopian future where mankind is struggling with fertility issues. So children are just not being born anymore. It is set in America, which in the show has been renamed Gilead. It is an extremely religious, extremely ultra, ultra right wing view of what America would be in such a clime. Basically, what they do is they round up the few fertile women and distribute them to the powerful men in society who then have sex with these women against their will in order to impregnate them to continue mankind. So basically, these women are being raped. 
Now, if those kinds of themes are difficult for you to watch or you just generally have a weak stomach for this kind of thing, then I wouldn't recommend this show because they actually showed the rape scenes and there's a lot of violence separate from that. So I am aware that this may not be for everyone, but if you can put up with it, there are actually a lot of lessons to pick from this show about society and what certain people currently on the planet, as in in our world right now, are proposing. In the show, you see how the main character, June Osborne, who is a handmaid, so she's one of the women sent to try and conceive with one of the powerful men in Gilead. We see how she tries to navigate her situation, the relationships she forms along the way. Some of those relationships end up helping her while others end up harming her. This show is just so original and I think it is worth the watch. So if you can, give it a try. And with that, we come to the end of this week's episode of the podcast. But before I go, I just wanted to let you know that this is the last episode of the podcast for this season. I have learned a lot about the podcast space in general and about podcasting in Nigeria specifically. So during the break, I am going to take some time to think about what I can improve on the podcast. You know, what I can add, what I can remove. So if you have any suggestions, feel free to email me with those suggestions. But yeah, this is the last episode of the podcast for a while. I hope when I come back, you guys will still be here waiting for me. Anyway, I am your host, Suleiman Ocheni. I would love, love, love it if this podcast could be a conversation between you and I. So if you have a question, anything relationship related that you need help with, please send it to me via email. You can write an email or record a voice note and send that to me. Remember, if I treat your issue on the podcast, you will be anonymous, so I will not expose you. Equally, if you have any feedback, any additions or subtractions from what I have said on this week's episode of the podcast, you can also reach out. Email me at suleiman.talks at gmail.com, which is spelled S-U-L-E-I-M-A-N dot T-O-K-S at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram if you would prefer that. I am Suleiman underscore talks on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me on those platforms for more relationship advice. The voice you heard at the beginning of this podcast is the lovely Fatima Beitad. The theme song you're listening to right now and at the start of the podcast is by Koma Media on Pixabay.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you when I see you. Bye.